I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Touchdown in the hell! Touchdown in the hell! You freak! You monster! Touchdown, the son of a bitch! All the way to hell! Oh my god! Uncut, uncooked, and uncensored. King Kong is climbing to the Empire State Building! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. Your host, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bo. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Your question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestle cast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. Hey. What up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Check us out right here every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. I am your host with the most, the babyface of podcasting, JC Bones. And as always, as always, I am accompanied by everyone's favorite good doctor, the one and the only... Doc Haas. I didn't feel like giving you a crazy introduction tonight. It's not like we have a lot of wrestling to talk about this week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, fans. Our last episode for Halloween. Well, that's right. So this could be our Halloween episode. Are you you dressing up for Halloween? No, dude. I, I have not dressed up in, I think it's been about four years. And the only reason I dressed up last time was because my band played a show on Halloween up at that you know Boon Tunes up in Booton, New Jersey I know where Booton is yeah there's a place called Boon Tunes and we played there and right everyone in the band dressed up like one character from the Ninja Turtles and then my drummer's brother dressed up as April O'Neil <laughs> I'm assuming you dressed up as Master Fuji no bro Master Fuji from Ninja Turtles what's the, what was this, the, what was Master this, what was the Splinter other no, not Master Splinter. The Sensei's name from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Splinter. The, the leader. No, the leader of the Foot Clan. Oh, the uh, Shredder. No, not Shredder. There was like Shredder's little lieutenant. There was Bebop and Rock Study. No, on. All right. Anyway, no, you're wrong. I dressed up like Casey Jones, aka Casey Bones. I had the fucking <laughs> mask and everything. Dude, we had Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Shredder, Splinter, April O'Neil, and Casey Jones. We covered, like, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Casey Jones. I remember Casey Jones from, like, the first, like, Ninja Turtles movie, and he was awesome. He was. He and was then, so uh, badass. But then all of a sudden, he came back in the third one for no reason. They just no brought reason. it back to 
to watch the sewer. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, Doc, let's get into today's show. We have some fun topics we want to talk about. Uh, but first, we're gonna go go a little old school. It's been a while since we've since we've gone on an, an adventure. So, Doc, we have a few topics I want to talk about with you that are happening on the indies. So, fam, sit back as we take an adventure on the indies. Super adventure fun time. Hey, it's me, Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Addict Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting Adventures on the Indies. Big news this past week. There was a AAA event uh, where Phoenix, who was the current, at the time, AAA Mega Champion, took on Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has won the AAA Mega Championship. Now, I want to ask you, since AEW and AAA have this partnership, this uh, this team-up that they have going on right now, do you think to br- help AEW get more eyes on their product in the States, I know we talked about this after we went to their Invading New York show, are we going to now start seeing AEW titles defended on AEW Dynamite or AEW uh, events. You mean AAA titles and AEW events? Yeah, is that what I said? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. AAA titles on AEW. Okay, guys. I mean, we so have sure already technically seen the AAA tag titles defended once. Did yes, we, we have, Young yeah. Bucks and Lucha Brothers, so... I believe they did defend... I, was that... That was before Dynamite started, though, right? Correct, yes. Yes, I don't know if the rules have changed now that Dynamite started, but... I would assume they haven't. I would think that, I mean, if AAA is smart and they're really serious about their America expansion, especially now that NJPW just announced a big expansion into America, they're going to need to, you know, exploit that AEW relationship as much as they possibly can, Bones. Like, they have to get those titles on TV. They have to get that name on TV. Dynamite is a, it's one of the most watched wrestling shows in the whole world, if not the most watched, most watched wrestling show in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, the only way to get notoriety and the only way to get eyes on your product is to go where the eyes are. And now you've put your you put one you put a title on Kenny Omega, who's one of the top AEW dogs, right? Yep. Why not now take that title to TV? Why would that not even if you're triple A, why is that not part of the deal when you're at the table of AEW? Like, hey, you know, your guy can come down here and win our title, but he's got to defend our title on your show. Like, that's got to be part of the negotiations, I would think. Right. And if they're not, then AAA is getting hosed. Now, do you really think Kenny Omega is one of the top dogs in AEW right now? Have you noticed his win-loss record? Because you know how wins and losses mean everything in AEW. Right, I know. I know. His win-loss record is not great, but there's a lot of people who got to lose. Right. You know, this You're could right. be... Him losing, and then his character has a refocus moment, and then you rip a six-match win streak, you know? Like, and it's not just, I mean, eventually, I think it's not even just win-loss record that's going to matter. I think where you're really going to see win-loss record matter is down the line. You're going to see, you know, who's won lately, who's lost lately. You could get a guy that wins 10 matches in a row, but at some point, 
six months ago, he lost 20 matches in a row. Mm -hmm. But those 20 matches aren't going to carry as much weight as the 10 matches in the present. Right. I, I see. So, you know, right. So my point is, Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega's standing in terms of the standings mm -hmm. in AEW can flip at any second. Right. Yeah. As long as they don't, you know, uh, showcase him on AEW Dark and have him in a dark match. Like they did this past week. I still haven't watched AEW Dark yet. I haven't either. And honestly, though, yeah. I, I, it doesn't bother me that, that him and, like, Joey Janela face each other on a dark match because they're still, they still have a small roster. So they have, if they're trying right. to promote these brands, it's all about brand development. AEW Dark, AEW Dynamite. You know, so you have to put some, some people that have face value on these shows, like Kenny Omega, Joey Janela, Darby Allen, things like this. So it makes sense now. Build it up, and then once the roster gets bigger, you can start using that for your B-side show, kind of like main event is for WWE. Right, but as for as for now, it's just about getting eyes on the product, period, right. like you said. And you know what I hate, Doc? Top in there. I hate when I just I make sense. I hate when I say something and it just makes fucking sense. Why? Because I don't argue with you. I fucking hate the, I hate the marks, dude. The marks that complain about this shit on social media. I fucking hate oh, it. Who's I, I, the, the marks in, in general. I mean, there's there's a couple things like I'm really against marks at AEW right now. And I'm going to tell you another one of them. And this might be a little off topic, but I think we can make it work right in terms of our adventures on the indies. Um, I'm not sold on the AEW women's division, man. You know, every week... I talk about Dynamite. It's about the Inner Circle and whatever Cody and the Bucks and mm -hmm. Dustin and DDP are gonna are calling themselves. And I'm talking about the tag teams. But right. I'm talking about women's wrestling. I'm talking about WWE. WWE right. still. I'm talking they, about Becky and Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey. They you know, need and, to and AEW is not close. They need and, to bring and, in the and big guns. Listen, you know, I mad respect for Rio. Rio, man, I. I Really impressive how well she works in the ring, but I'm not 100% sold on her being your first champion, dude. Yeah. You know who would have been a better pick for that? Tessa Blanchard. Because yeah, I knew you were has, going there, baby. She has name value. People know who she is. It makes sense her father, Tully Blanchard, is on AEW as Sean Spears' manager. Now, riddle me this. Is Rio just a, Rio, Rio just a placeholder? Until Tessa gets there, because she had to finish up her contract, and there was just time. Like I, I'm just not. I, I said respect. Not buying her as your first women's champion. I think that's a character when you're that when you're that little. Like yeah. I'm sorry. I guess there's marks who really love it, and I'm not the wrestling fan who just marks out for a wrestler because a women's wrestler because they're Japanese. I'm right. sorry. I just right. don't. And I think a lot of people do that. Like when Io Shirai first showed up. I wasn't impressed at first. It wasn't mm -hmm. until recently that I thought Io Shirai really started cleaning it up. I feel like we kind of go crazy for the Japanese wrestlers in America sometimes because it's what Marks tell us to do. Yeah. You know, and it's like the cool marky thing to do. And and I see it at AEW shows, people freaking out. I'm like, yeah, this this is cool watching Rio wrestle, but I'm not I'm not buying it. And I mm -hmm. think if I really think if she weren't Asian, people wouldn't mm -hmm. buy it as much. That may be controversial. People may not like to hear that. But I think it's true. Mm -hmm. No, I guess what you're saying. But the AEW women's division is not must see TV, and it needs to be. And they need to sign, do everything they need to do to sign Tessa Blanchard. Right. 
let's change gears and go over to the Tesla Blanchard topic I wanted to discuss. So it was reported, uh, I think as of today, uh, today uh, being Thursday, we are recording this. Uh, Tesla Blanchard's contract is, is coming to an end or it's already up with Impact Wrestling and she is officially going to be done with Impact. So where does she go now? There's no talks about where she's definitely going, but it could be either WWE or AEW. Uh, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it makes sense for her to go to AEW. Because why? Because that women's division needs somebody like her. Honestly, if they can get her and Jordan Grace over at AEW, th that fucking women's division could be fucking top-notch. Yes, absolutely. Right? They, um, don't, they don't have a top dog yet, and Tessa Blanchard answers that. Yeah, they're top they, have some they have a lot of potential. Their potential. They do. They, they their top dogs potential. right now are like Britt Baker, Allie, and Brandy. Right. You know. And that's not. And that's not. And that's not holding up against Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey, and Oscar, and Oscar, and Ronda, and, right, and Oscar, and Ronda, and Kyrie Sane, and, and Shayna Baszler, yeah. and Bianca Belair, and, and I'll go down and the list. Mia Yim and Chelsea Green and Diana Chelsea, yeah, like Io dude, Shirai, the stacked women's division, like yeah. And eventually, some of those women we just listed are probably going to end up in AEW, too. In AEW. It's inevitable. It'll practice. always happen. There's yeah. so many. There's so many women on that roster. Like, they, they, when their contracts are up, well, you're going to see a lot. You're going to see it a lot. You're going to see a lot of WWE stars defect. It's just right. bound to happen. There's so – Vince is keeping him as long as he can in hopes that he can, you know, um, he can curtail the startup of AEW and he can, like, you know, he can uh, – what's the word, uh, you know, put out the fire a little bit. Right. By not letting some of his top disgruntled people go right away, but he's not gonna be able to do that forever. Right. He's not gonna be able to force these people to sign contracts after they're done. Right. There's there's pride. These, these people are athletes. There's pride, and they want to they want to work. They don't want to sit at home. So to prevent Tessa from sitting at home, where do you think she goes? AEW. I think so. AEW. Uh, the writing's yeah. on the wall with that one. It makes the most sense business wise, and also for Tessa. Start getting more eyes on her, you know, and then ha I, she's going to end up in WWE at some point. Because I want to see, so? I want to see her and Charlotte. I think it's years before you see that. How old is Tessa? What is she like in her? She's young. I think she's in her late twenties. Yeah, she's young, right? Mm -hmm. And then Charlotte's in her early thirties, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah, give it like five years down the road. And also With Tessa. It's a, and it's a, Tessa should be in the in the four horsewomen. Why? Because it, her last name. Yes, it makes. Why would you not put her and fucking Charlotte together? Why? Because then there's five. Dude, then there's five. It should be. It should be Charlotte, Tessa, Becky could be like the Arn Anderson, and then you could throw like Ronda Rousey and not nah, fuck not Ronda Rousey. I don't know. Bailey. Uh, someone else. I don't, no, I don't think Bailey. Maybe Sasha. Okay, so who do you who do you throw out? I I feel like you throw Sasha out because I think Sasha's more likely to be able to make it on her own. I don't know. Let's see what heel Bailey does for herself. Right. No, you know who you yeah, add to that? Go. Ruby Riot. All right, moving on. Uh, the, <laughs> all right. So also, let's stay on the same topic of Impact Wrestling. Two other wrestlers from the Indies uh, just signed contracts with Impact Wrestling. Ace Romero, which is actually kind of surprising to me because Ace Romero was in the, um, what is it, the low-budget Battle Royal that AEW low had? Low-budget Battle Royal, yeah. yeah. So he was in the low-budget Battle Royal at All In, 
and All Out, I believe. I could be making that up. And also, famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan has officially signed the contract <laughs> with Impact Wrestling. Because I don't think anybody saw him signing with WWE or NXT at all. Or or AEW. Or even AEW like at this were, point. Yeah. Yeah. They that he's that gimmick's a little too much for you know TNT USA and Fox in this day and age. Yeah, but AEW's pushing the bar, man. They they don't pull any punches. So like there's profanity on on the on dynamite. There is. And so there is. They don't really get edged. We did they they definitely show blood and guts. We did see Roderick Strong naked on NXT with the little sensor. Oh yeah, true, true. That happened. You know, so that I, <laughs> thank you, Velveteen Dream. So I I just it's not even just like the like to push the breaking the barriers. I just think the product that AEW and WWE are trying to present, like it Joey Janela doesn't not Joey Janela, I'm sorry. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. Joey Ryan doesn't fit the business model of either one. Right. Now Impact is going to be going through, is going to some big changes right now, and they are on TV. It's Access TV. Yep. I feel like Access TV is willing to push that barrier a little more. Mm-hmm. I feel like Impact's willing to push that barrier a little more because they kind of have to. Right. Because now with AEW in the fold, you know, everyone's getting left in the dust unless they're WWE or AEW. Right. So you got to do something and. Maybe shock value is where they go. Maybe they invent some whole new niche market of wrestling. The, or let me rephrase that. They don't invent it. Bring some niche market of wrestling fan to the table that hasn't that hasn't found a home because AEW or, or NWA or WWE won't touch them. You know, like just you know, people who are into weird shit. I don't know. Hey, people <laughs> who, who are into wrestling with their dicks. Yeah, exactly. People I mean, I'm into wrestling just, with my dick. I, I, don't you wrestle with your dick? Uh, I don't know if I would call that wrestling as much as I would call that um, right. slow dancing in the rain <laughs> with a mist, with a mist shrouding me. What the fuck is happening? All right, before this gets too out of hand, let's let's talk about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> a slow dance. Oh my god! Only you, Doc. All right, let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Filled, baby. So, New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America subsidiary. So, I'm going to read you guys uh, this update on what this is. New Japan Pro Wrestling's expansion plans are finally reaching their next phase. At a press conference the other night, NJPW officially announced the formation of an American subsidiary. It's named New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. And it was noted that this is phase three of NJPW's international business plan. Step one was searching for talent, while step two was running shows in the United States and other countries and markets. Operations are scheduled to begin next month. They show a map of the markets that New Japan Pro Wrestling of America is going to be taking place in. And focusing on where their events will be held. So the five uh, markets are East, which is going to be held in four cities throughout three states. Southeast, which is going to be six cities spread out over four states. Mid, which is seven cities throughout six states. Texas, which is going to have four cities in Texas. 
Uh, not, Texas. not just Texas, Texas and Arizona, uh, Louisiana. I think it's just Texas and Louisiana, actually. I feel. Um, like, I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's just Texas. Uh, well, if you like look I'm at looking the, at the same map as you, it just says Texas, and as you know, Texas is pretty much its own country. Yeah. Well, the map I'm looking at is actually color coded, and the color and the shape covers Louisiana also. Yeah, and no, I'm looking at the same map as you, right? Right. Look at your fucking computer screen, right? Yo, pull your phone. Oh, yeah, it's the same one, dude. It's it's covering Louisiana yeah. and well, just Texas. Because, yeah, but it doesn't say Louisiana. Dude, are you blind? Look at the fucking map, dude. I'm looking at the map, but it doesn't say Louisiana. Yes. It says Texas. If it said Louisiana, it would say Texas slash Bayou. Or it would say no, Southwest. Or, that is the Southwest. Or maybe New Japan Pro Wrestling just wants to call it Texas. How do you like that? Moving that, on. That would really piss me off if I was in Louisiana. Well, you know what? I'm not call, Texas if I'm in Louisiana. You should, you should call Takami Obari, who's the CEO of New Japan, and fucking tell him your, your issue with this. Dude, learn our map, man. Come on. Right? Anyway, the final market is the West Market, which is going to be six cities across four states. So, this is, once again, big news, and... What a fucking time to be a wrestling fan, dude. There are so many alternatives now for us to potentially turn our TVs on and watch every week or go online and stream. Like, you have uh, Impact on Axis, you have AEW on TNT, you have NWA on Facebook and YouTube, you got SmackDown on Fox, you have NXT on USA, you have Raw still on USA. I mean, holy shit, dude. There's not enough fucking time. There's a lot in the to week. go around. There's not enough time in the week for one one man to watch all this wrestling. There's a lot to go around, and you're looking at NJPW. This is a what 37, 37 city tour of the country, essentially. Yeah. That's a that's not a small that's not a small tour. You're a musician, you know what it's like to put on a imagine putting on a thirty seven date tour. That's essentially what setting up a wrestling show is. Yeah, exactly. It's the same like amount of time, the same same. Uh, you know, they're like cousins of each other in the music industry and the wrestling industry, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Right. You know, so you're looking, you're looking at a big thing. You said the West six cities, four states. So you go to think California, definitely, like in L.A., San Francisco, probably Seattle. Seattle. There's a big Japanese, big Japanese population center. And I would probably say Vegas. No, no, wait. Sacramento, San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. How about that? Oh, and then uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Make I would think, yeah, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Seattle. I would think Phoenix as a fifth location, and then maybe, like you said, like Sacramento for a sixth. No, dude, Phoenix is in Arizona. Yeah, that would be your fourth state. Arizona, Nevada. Oh, yeah, because you have Portland. I don't think Portland would do it. Portland, they, no. they, they, they don't. Oh, that's, Portland's weird. Wrestling's not weird no, enough for but Portland. I, but I think Phoenix is too far... Outside of where their market is, but again, this is not what we'll uh, There's a big wrestling market in Phoenix. I don't know. There is. There is. Uh, yeah, Texas, four cities: Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston. Mm-hmm. Maybe New Orleans, if you're judging by the map that Bones, you know, is, is for some. But or for even, us in the even East, El Paso. I'm, even El Paso. Yes, yeah, El Paso could be yeah. it. The West Texas town of El Paso. Yeah. I fell in love with him. Now, what girl. about what about mid? I mean, Chicago's going to be up there, but what else do you think is... is definitely is, Chicago, definitely St. Louis, definitely Minneapolis. D- Detroit, uh, Minnesota. Definitely Detroit. Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Detroit, Indiana. definitely Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland and, like, Cincinnati or Cleveland and Indianapolis. 
Right. Kansas City, probably. Kansas City's a big wrestling area. Right. And then for us in the East, I would just think Washington, Boston, Philly, New York, I would think, for the East. Well, it's only three states. Well, Washington's not a state. Oh, loophole. Washington, D.C. Uh, it's not in a state. Is D.C. even included in the East? Yeah, it is. Okay, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Of course it is. D.C., Philly, Manhattan... In Boston and and Boston, you think those are four of the those are the four some of the four of the biggest wrestling markets in the country. That means there's going to be no New Japan in Jersey, bro. We're going to have to travel to see some New Japan. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that slog across the Hudson River into uh, New York City is going to be right? way too difficult, or to slog across the Delaware into Philly. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, <laughs> Lacora Center is so far away. <laughs> uh, so actually, uh, speaking of New Japan's shows in the U.S., their next shows in the U.S. are set for next month. They're set for November. So New Japan Showdown in San Jose is taking place at the San Jose Civic on Saturday, November 9th. And the Globe Theater is hosting New Japan Showdown in L.A. on Monday, November 11th. Now, I'm going to read off the list of superstars, wrestlers, I'm sorry, that will be in attendance because I want to prove to Doc that I could pronounce the Japanese wrestlers' names better than he can. So, uh, the San Jose argue event on that, man. will feature... Jushin, what an argue. Check this out, dude. Jushin Thunder Liger's final U.S. match. On I heard 11th. about this. Mm -hmm. I did hear about that, yeah. The event's also going to include Kota Ibushi, Juice Robinson, Tetsui Naito, Evil Sonata, Jay White, Chase Owens, Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, who is currently the newest IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. And I bought Lance Archer up, um, I'm trying to remember when the hell it was, back during the G1 Climax. And he had a really good showing in that, in that tournament against Moxley. And I'm like, watch out for this guy. He's been in the business for a long time. And he's finally getting, I think he's finally getting, getting his due. So, uh, but he'll be in attendance. You're going to have Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yanu, and Taiji Ishimori have all been announced for the New Japan Showdown shows. Liger, Kazuchika Okada, and Will Ospreay will only be appearing on night one. So now that I just showed you up and said all their names correctly, Doc, let's move on to the next topic. Now, okay. we're... <laughs> A-level talent. Nice to see NJWs playing their, bringing their A talents that are here to play. It's good to yeah, see. dude, that that that's a fucking roster right there, man. That's that's fucking yeah. look all that talent I just I just named in fucking U.S. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I would I would go see that show. Yeah, absolutely. If it wasn't in like San Jose, San Jose, and right? And we can get there. Easily. I I want to I want to give an NJPW show a shot when they come around here. I feel like I would really enjoy it. When I do watch NJPW shows, I do enjoy them. The wrestling is always just top-notch at those shows. It is. And obviously, when I'm going to a live event, I want to see wrestling. It's why I never go to TV tapings. Mm. I'm not interested in seeing a TV taping live. I'm interested in seeing wrestling live. Mm. NJPW has some dudes that can go. I love watching Okada. So I, I would go see any. I would go see him wrestle. I wonder if the culture they have in Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling, like from the fan standpoint, you know how like, their events are pretty quiet. quiet. People actually yeah. watch and enjoy the art. I wonder if that culture right. is going going to carry over when they start going here and start performing here in the U.S. 
or is the U.S. rowdy crowd going to... Fuck no, we're America, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Fuck no, we're America. Listen, when we went, went American, when, like, you know, I, know I, I don't think there's a set rule. Like, uh, when then JPW, it's not like, it's like oh, we got to go to the show and be quiet. One, I think that's smarky as shit. I feel like yeah. I want to go to a show and I want to be excited. I'm going to fucking be excited. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think also in America, there's just too much like technology culture. There's too many some bitches like glued to the smartphone, right? Glued to the glued to tweeting every three seconds that they're that they're at a wrestling show. You know, like it's just not it's just not our culture over here. Yeah, and you know, we shouldn't be asked to change our culture. I don't think NJPW would ask us to change our culture. I don't think we're going to change our culture because we're fucking America, and that's just what the fuck we do usually. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm okay with that. I wouldn't expect Japan to change their culture for how they watch baseball. Major League Baseball teams went good when they go play in Japan. Right. You're going to their country. You're playing, and the part of the experience is experiencing their culture. Part of the experience for the Japanese promotions is experiencing our culture and performing in front of our. In front of what was the word I'm looking for? You know, experiencing our culture and performing for us. In our environment, right? Is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, definitely big things for New Japan, and I'm really looking forward to, again, hopefully just being able to watch these wrestlers like that I just mentioned. You know, guys like uh, Kazuchika Okada, Tatsui Naito, Kota Ibushi, on a more regular basis on U.S. television. But uh, with that being said, man, that was a pretty good episode, or some sorry segment of Adventures on the Indies. We had a chock full of information to, to, to talk about. My heart's like blasted from this adventure, right? Dude. Like I'm, I broke out yeah. in sweat. Yeah, I'm like sweating. I'm gonna over drink here. some water. Yeah, man, I'm gonna go have a pop. I'm gonna go crack open a uh, Steve Weiser and go say hi to RVD and Matt Riddle. Oh, by the way, speaking of Steve Weiser, Broken Skull available in New Jersey now. Um, like I told you, I missed a chance to have it on Monday. My boy Rico invited me over to watch uh, Rico Rico Cologne invited me over to watch uh, Monday Night Raw but unfortunately I was feeling like absolute dirt on Monday Night when I got home from work Wait, so is like, Rico Cologne Chris Cologne? Chris Cologne we call him we call him Rico Really? Rico my man Rico yeah yo shout out to Chris <laughs> Cologne yo does Chris listen first to person our I know to fight uh, Chris has listened to our show he Absolutely. fucking better listen to our show. What kind of friend would he be if he didn't? <laughs> a friend with a kid. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, yeah, congratulations, a baby. Rico, on your beautiful child. So, all right. Baby. So, Doc, let's uh, change gears here. Let's actually talk about something big that happened this week on NXT. But before we do that, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is your resident Universal Royalty King, Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hey guys, this is the man who loves to make a difference, Nate the Effin Great. You can always interact with me on Twitter at Real Effin Game. And be sure to listen into my podcast, The Game Changer Podcast, where we talk about pop culture, professional wrestling, play games, among so many other great things. 
guys remember that you can make a difference. This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast, exclusively on Wrestle Attic Radio. This is DFDC, Jeff Pomaccio, the host of Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and you are listening to the Fourth Wall Wrestle Class, exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. <laughs> I like that. All I know is it may be right. Great fucking, fucking song, man. song, man. I love me some Billy Joel, dude. Yeah, dude, he he's on my bucket list. I gotta see him live. I saw him in two thousand and six, I believe it was. Two thousand six or two? Th- no, it wasn't. Wait, no, it was still in the dorms. It was two thousand five. I saw him. I saw him my junior year at Berkeley. It nice. was at uh, at the at the whatever where the Bruins and the Celtics play, uh, and also where WrestleMania fourteen was held, the TD Garden. Nice. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so oh, fucking great show, dude. He played probably about two hours or so. Just so he has so many fucking like great songs, and there were so many great songs like he didn't even fucking play. I remember it's like fucking he didn't even play that song. Mm-hmm. He's got so many great songs. Really good set, man. Yeah. He's a great performer too. It's fun. He He's so probably good. like one of the greatest exports from Long Island ever. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, Long Island don't do much for me, but they did do Billy Joel and for me. Yeah, dude, he has so many fucking hits, and and again, he he's a fucking entertainer, man. He knows how to fucking put on a show. I gotta see him he live, really though. Fucking does, man. Definitely on my he really, bucket you list. Gotta see him. I haven't seen Elton. Elton just announced like ninety-seven fucking dates in the New York area. Oh, and him too. Love to go to one, but it's so fucking expensive. I'm still paying off the fucking Stones tickets I got in August. <laughs> Jesus. Let <laughs> these fucking Elton tickets. Well, as much as I love Billy Joel and even Elton John, you know what else I love? Heel. Finn Balor. Hey, right you do. Fucking A, bro. What an ending to NXT that was. Fucking A. Like It's about fucking time WWE got their shit together mm-hmm. with this war. You are in a war, my friends. Yeah. And okay? Nobody saw the Finn Balor heel turn coming. Everyone thought he was going to be his usual babyface self. Coming back in to feud with Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. But nope. 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 Did not happen. He fucking turned on Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, but his focus was on Johnny Gargano. First of all, great feud for Gargano and even Finn Balor. Those two are going to put on a fucking great match. And I guarantee you we're going to see the Demon more often now that Finn is back in NXT. And whenever there's big takeover events, well, that's when we'll see the Demon. I mean, if you got a heel Balor, you need to put that Demon out all the time if you have a heel Balor. Get the Demon out there. Make that synonymous with him as a heel. He's in a right. dark place now. He's a darker character. Get the heel out there. It is about time WWE starts using Finn Balor right. Okay? They have a war in their hands. They're losing right now. And for the first time, Thursday morning, they won the headlines. Yep. You were reading about Finn Balor's heel turn on Thursday. Yeah. What happened on Dynamite this this Wednesday night was insignificant. And WWE has the talent pool to do that every single 
Wednesday. Right. Dynamite. You have is- to keep surprising the audience. You have to keep surprising right. them. You have to keep it fresh. You have to keep it new. You have to use your best talent. It's about time Finn Balor got some love. It's about time we got to see Finn Balor do something different. Right. Something we're going to enjoy. I, I want to touch on AEW. You mentioned AEW. What happened big this week? AEW this week was so much like WCW was. It had a real WCW vibe to it because the hottest story going on in AEW right now is one, the formation of the inner circle consisting of Jericho, Sammy Guevara, LAX, and Jake Hager, and their feud right now with the Rhodes family. So when the when the Rhodes family went to go confront the inner circle, who was involved in the Rhodes family? Obviously, you're gonna have Cody Rhodes. Uh, you're gonna have his protege right now, MJF, who are still both. MJF is more of the, is the younger talent. Cody's a little more tenured, uh, but still has some time, uh, you know, on in his career. And they're joined by nothing against both of these wrestlers, Dustin Rhodes and DDP, who are both like 20 plus year veterans of the game. It reminded me so much of WCW. Let's get Savage over here. Let's get Hogan over here. Let's get the, you know, Rowdy Piper over here. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's like the older legends. And they, again, I said earlier, they do have a small roster, but they probably could have gotten some other people involved to help out Cody Rhodes rather than DDP and Dustin. Even though I know Dustin is still technically an active wrestler in AEW. Yeah. Why not? Not only is Dustin still active, he's still putting on great matches. And he's still doing great things. And who's to say that this that this this faction, this Rhodes family faction, or whatever. Yeah, you know what? Hold on. Who's to say it can't expand? You're right. But you know, let me take that back. That was so stupid of me. It's a it's the Rhodes family. Dustin has to be there. I'm yeah, that more, also I'm makes talk, sense. All right, I'm talking more DDP. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking more more well, DDP. DDP's not wrestling, right? He's just there as kind of like a I guess so. Yeah, he was there to uh, to help kind of even the right. odds. Okay, like, but like, if he's not gonna wrestle, then he he's just there as like you know as like you know the slick Rick face, you know. Then right. still be like the Rick Flair we'll, of the team, but still get involved if he has to. Right, right, right. No, not even that. Like that. Like, like, like. Um, no, not Rick. No, I'm talking about when uh, Rick Rude was in DX. Oh, gotcha. Then Sean used right. to. Then Sean used to call him Slick Rick. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I believe he's called. So yeah. So like, you know, Rick Rude was there. He was part of DX, but he wasn't wrestling. He was an enforcer. You know, I could totally see maybe DDP doing that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually Jake Hager is not going to be doing that for for Inner Circle, and he's going to debut. He's just got to he's got to get an MMA fight out of the way first. The only reason he's not wrestling yeah. right now, which I'm pretty sure he has this weekend. Is it this weekend? I believe his yeah, uh, it is. It's not weekend. in November. No, and, this, and this, this is the weekend, last weekend sure. in October, so it's got to be this weekend. So you're going to see Jake Hager wrestling soon. Yep. Okay, but no, this is. I'm okay with with Dustin and this faction though, because it is the Road Stanley, and we can expand on this. There you're can right. be more. You're right. This this doesn't have to end here. You know, let's establish it with the Rhodes family. Establish them as essentially the McMahons of the promotion. Right. And they build around their. They build around their stable now. The what authority? if at some point, the only thing, yeah, they do authority. The only thing that would dry, that would bug me for this is if eventually we found out that 
the Rhodes family was controlling the inner circle all alone, and we just do that whole thing again. That would be right. just a rehash. We gotta, we had, they gotta stay creative with it. And so mm-hmm. far, it's been fun, and right. so far, it's been nice planting the seeds. They've done a great job planting seeds for all their feuds. I think in the next few weeks, we're gonna really see. Are they gonna have like you know, this was like the rookie phase? Right. You know, the phases move a lot quicker in the pro wrestling world, okay? Mm-hmm. Pro wrestling fans are a fickle bunch. They get tired very quickly, especially the internet fans, which populate AEW shows more so than anything else, mm-hmm. okay? So you're getting to your sophomore period already. So where are your storylines going? you got a right. big match coming up with Cody and Jericho. You're setting it up nice. You're playing the seeds nice. What are you going to do on Dynamite for the next was it two weeks? Two weeks before that match. Two weeks before. Two weeks. I think two. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks is November 9th, I think. So in the next two dynamites, what are you going to do to really rope me in to buy dynamite? Remember, dynamite is not on the network. Right. We have to spend money. Not dynamite. I'm sorry. What's it, what's the name of the? Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. It's not dark. It's, it's, it's um, um full full metal. Full no full gear full, full gear, gear full gear full gear full gear yeah like full you have metal. to buy that. Yeah, you got a full metal. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Do you watch Full Metal, metal. Jacket recently? That's what. I, that's what. Anyway, I was Full Metal Jacket. Do you suck dicks? <laughs> oh man, we used to quote that fucking Arlie Irvie character all the time. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. What are you going to do to get me roped in the next two episodes? This is your sophomore phase. This is their opportunity now. Yeah. This is your opportunity to show that you're going to be able to retain viewers. Right. Yo, Doc, hold on, bro. I got a fucking trolley horse in my leg. I got to stand up and stretch real quick. Holy are you serious? Shit. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. You tell me you can't talk and stretch at the same time when you knew? No, I'm not in front of my microphone now. I'm above it. You work out and then stretch. You got to do a little, you got to do like the quad thing. I know, dude. I haven't stretched in a couple days and my body's tight. You want to give me a massage, dude? Nope. This is why we don't record in the same room together. Because you get weird. Uh, dude. It's not just me, bro. <laughs> I have a fucking terrible trolley horse right now. My... Oof. Anyway. Okay. I'm back, Doc. Let's go. Let's continue. Let's continue. So let's go back now to Finn Balor. So now let's fantasy book this. This is what goes through my fucking ridiculous head. So right away, every report that I see on the internet and in the dirt sheets and on social media is Finn Balor is now a part of the Undisputed Era. No. That's wrong. That's wrong. Let me tell you why it's wrong. Undisputed Era gave um, Finn Balor the Undisputed Era symbol. Right? With their hands in the ring. Finn Balor's response was the double finger guns a la Prince Devitt and Bullet Club. What if, just hear me out, the Undisputed Era name dissolves and Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly join Balor in the Balor Club? And the Balor Club kind of runs things over on NXT. And then they begin a feud with the OC on the main roster. And then eventually they just both teams merge and they fucking run the WWE on all three brands. Well, it, well, on two brands, this would be this would be an NXT Raw exclusive thing, I would think. Remember, 
I, I really think they're going to be very strict about you know wrestlers jumping brands. I don't think you're going to see it really much anymore, if okay. ever. You know, outside of title holders, outside of right. like you know, like the women's tag titles, you know. But you're not going to see Brock on Raw. Like I think NXT. No. I think your idea works because NXT is on USA and Raw is on USA and the OC is on Raw. Right. So I okay. think you could see that happen, and they run Raw and NXT, and USA tries to use the buzz from NXT to help push Raw ratings up because you know Raw ratings are definitely an issue. That's right. what. USA should be wanting to do because NXT is the hotter show that is book smarter and is book better. They should be going to Vince McMahon and demanding Vince McMahon start taking after NXT more and start having their storylines merge together more and be more cohesive so they can get better, more eyes on both products and really take this, this wrestling war, you know, on a stranglehold because not only is AEW going to be competing against NXT now, but they're going to also have some raw talent to worry about. You're going to have AJ Styles appearing on NXT sometimes, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's only good for business. It's right. only good for business. It's an advantage USA has. It's an advantage WWE has. They need to play it. And they need to play it because it's going to revitalize Finn Balor's career. Definitely forming forming like the Balor Club again will revitalize his career. And I think you can only do what you say after Undisputed Era loses their titles. Like I think right. Undisputed Era and this whole tight their whole title dominance needs to be the four of them on their own because it's what's establishing them as real players in the professional ran- the televised professional wrestling landscape. Right. And once they gradually lose all those titles and no matter who they lose those titles against that's when maybe you introduce your Balor idea. You know, maybe he's the oh, one like that. maybe that saves the undisputed era once they start the fracture. Okay. You know, Ooh. maybe he. Tur- uh, you know, maybe that's that's a way. You, it's an innovative way to to make it work. Here comes the veteran. Mm-hmm. Here comes the guy who's now at, at this point getting a little closer to forty than he getting a little closer to forty. You know, someone who's been in the industry for a long time. Right. It makes sense. Your bookie makes sense. Do it. I love it, Bones. Now, when do we see Finn Balor back in the NXT championship picture? Because I think we all thought that's where this was going. But now that he's healed and he's taken his anger and frustration out on Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole is still the champion with nobody to face. So if you're going to do this whole Balor and Undisputed Era thing, you have to be very careful to not have Balor and Adam Cole cross paths too much. You have them cross paths a little, you know, just little like coincidental interactions here and there. Mm. But I think what would happen is Gargano taking the belt off of Cole and then eventually that leading to Gargano Balor for the title. Maybe the second match of their series could be a title match. And then I- the third. And then I, I would like to see Finn win their first match. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. I want to see Gargano win their first match. Finn beat Gargano for the title for their second match. Mm-hmm. And then Gargano beat the Demon for their third match. See, I think Ciampa's going to win I, it from Adam Cole. Then him and Johnny Gargano will face each other again. Gargano will pretty, finally... Will finally defeat Champa for his for the title, and then he will face Finn Balor. But I think that's lazy. I think that's lazy. You're right, 
and you know now that I say it out loud, it does sound kind of lazy. It's and lazy. It's, it's, it's like it's, oh, Champo was expected. Tomasa, yeah, Tomasa yeah. was the champion. Now he's back, so we may as well make him the champion again because right. he was the champion before. No, your momentum's gone. All the momentum's with the undisputed era. They have right. no problem interfering with matches. You can't be one man and take care of them. Like I don't know. I just don't see. I think Tommaso. It's it's he had bad timing. Mm-hmm. He had a really hot character. That character was hot, and now that he's back, he's different. And I don't know if I don't know how I'm going to buy into this character because you can't come back and be the same. Not after that, especially in this day and age where you're documenting your injury recovery and you're documenting your family life. You know, right. it's different. You know, the aura of that old Tommaso character is gone for me now. So I'm, yeah. I, I think it's going to take some time for him to rebrand himself, kind of in this. He's he's a face. He he you gets know? he gets pops when he comes out, yeah. but he's his man, his mannerisms don't don't show him as being a face. Well, he's kind of doing like the what they wanted Dean Ambrose or John Moxley to be as the Dean Ambrose character, right. a little unhinged. But you know that it's like you still kind of know that. He's unhinged, but you know in the world of WWE, there's only so far unhinged can go. Like, why has Moxley worked? Because unhinged can go so much further in NJPW and AEW Mm. than it can in WWE. So I guess what scares me is, will this character work as a face? Because of what WWE expects out of its face characters. Does that make sense? It's still WWE. I know it's NXT, and maybe because it's NXT, I might be pleasantly surprised like I usually am. And I'm maybe being a little too cynical. And I shouldn't be because NXT is usually so damn good. Mm-hmm. But it's just a worry, I guess, I have in the back of my head. And it's something that would worry me less if you just maybe had Gargano beat Cole and just give Tommaso's new role a little more time to brew. Right. That makes sense? It, it makes maybe sense. he's the one that takes – and he maybe he's the – him and Gargano are the ones that take down this – new bullet club idea you have diy returns yeah that could be i mean they're already they're i mean they're already backing each other up right you know they're like they're kind of like brothers they hate each other sometimes they love each other sometimes but they'll still, they'll still back sort of, each other up it's sort of like the charlotte becky dynamic where they really don't like each other but if like they if they sense someone impeding on their like they consider themselves like you know, the top dogs in charge in terms of the women. And the right. anytime you ever see someone impeding, they always tend to get back together and, and defend their ground. Yeah. You know, you notice that, right, yep. in the booking? It, it's kind of sensible. It's kind of sensible. It keeps that four horsewomen dynamic alive. Right. So anyway, uh, Finn Balor is also a natural heel. Like, I've never had the opportunity to actually see him, but... His facials, uh, his mannerisms as a heel, his moves, that fucking ridiculous implant DDT that he gave Gargano on the ramp. Dude, (laughs) fucking awesome, man. Like, that's the best thing that could have ever happened to Finn Balor. While I wish it would have happened on the main roster and he could have just joined the OC, uh, I, I could see where this is leading to that. Yeah, I want to say, you said, I want to see this lead to. Him feuding with the OC and cross-branding and some then, Raw yeah. and, and then merging. Not merging, just some just some cross-jumping because it's on the same network. Oh, no, no, no. They, the they reason, have to merge because they could be bigger than yeah. the NWO. 
<laughs> if you're not bigger than the NWO, then you're not a, the greatest fact. You're not a real right. faction. Though, think about it, though. The end of the bigger the NWO got, the less good the, the you know the, the lower the quality well, yeah, of, of the NWO it, got. It got. They kind of got, got that little. Yeah, they kind of had that little temperamental temperament. I, I kind of liked when they split off a bit and did the Wolfpack thing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But even that didn't have a long shelf life. It just kind of gave a little, you know, breath of breath of life left to something that probably should have died before they did the Wolfpack black and white split. But like I said, it got too convoluted. There was it too many versions of the NWO, too. Right. Too many versions. Too many versions. Yeah, like Vince never should have brought it back in the 2000s. There was yeah. no need for that. Shawn you know? Michaels, and, and, Booker T, and Goldust, and yeah, Big Show. And cool. fine, you want to bring it back for Rock Hogan at WrestleMania, mm -hmm. so you could have you know. But that even that backfired because the yeah. crowd was pro Hogan. Yeah. At the end of the day, that backfired, and when that backfired, that should have been your cue that the NWO was dead. Yeah, that should have been. Nobody your cue. saw that backfiring the way it did at that WrestleMania. Nobody saw right. that happen. And Rock and Hogan did the right thing. They worked it. It's one of an all-time great match, an mm -hmm. all-time great spec, an all-time great like just spectacle match. It's it's kind of got that Hulk Andre to it's a it's a Hulk Hogan blueprint match, you know. Yeah, but right. it's got that Hulk Andre appeal where it's. Not a great match in terms of a wrestling classic, but the psychology made it so enjoyable. And that's like the other end of wrestling that makes great matches. But to get back on that, when that happened and the crowd turned like that, you should have known that was the end of the NWO. Yeah. That should have just been it. And they should have been a let. That should. Scott Hall lost to Stone Cold that night. Uh, I don't think Kevin Nash wrestled because he was hurt at the time. He was injured, right? Hulk Hogan lost to The Rock, and that should have been it. You set it up perfectly. It's like, okay, Rock and Austin and the NWO, it's done. But for some reason, later on that year in 2002, Shawn Michaels lit the fucking NWO. Dude. Are you shitting me? Dude, anyway. B Booker T and Goldust were members yeah, of the NWO. Come on. Come on. I mean, so my point is, you know, I think a lot of, you know, to get back to the original point before we went off on our tangent, the NWO got too big at a point. Mm -hmm. So when you say like merge with the OC, that kind of scares me a little bit. I guess that's the limit because you're looking but at the eight, eight bigger people in a faction, faction there. The better, the bigger the faction, the better. That's not true. When in my eyes, it is too big. There's a limit, but there's a limit, and I feel like your limit's like eight, nine. Because once it starts getting more than that, the faction inevitably splits up, and when the faction splits up and goes off to two different brands, such as like. Bullet Club and the Elite. The Elite's mm -hmm. dead. It's no more. Right. There's no more Elite. We'll talk, the AEW doesn't talk about the fucking Elite. Right. You know, Bullet Club's still going strong, but there's no fucking Elite anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and just the same thing happened. No one talks about the fucking Wolfpack anymore. Right. So. Well, hopefully this all pans out well and WWE and NXT don't drop the ball on Finn Balor and they really know how to push this version of Finn Balor. So, Doc, before we call it a night, let's uh, quickly run down our predictions for the Crown Jewel event coming to us on Halloween night. But before we do that, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's up, ooses? DFDC. 
Jeff Pomaccio here. If you want to join our Ohana and become a Wrestle Addicts Radio Patreon, you will find exclusive content from all of your favorite Wrestle Addict Radio shows, including my show, Not Your Mama Soap Opera, Kings of the Rings Podcast, Fourth Wall WrestleCast, The Game Changer Podcast, and Gift a Podcast, all for one monthly fee of $5. That's the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Come join the family, our Ohana, become an Oos, and help us keep wrestling real. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the Kings of the Rings podcast, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast right here on Wrestle Addict Radio. And we're back, fam. So, Doc, let's go over the Crown Jewel card. So... As recently announced, there's going to be a 20-man battle royal where the winner will face the current WWE United States Champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles. I think Kevin Owens is going to win this battle royal. Oh wait, KO's not allowed in Saudi Arabia, am I right? Uh, I don't know. He has to go to Saudi Arabia, right? That's why I don't know who... This is why I can't really talk about this, but I don't know who he's going to face. I don't know right. who goes and doesn't go to Saudi Arabia. Some right. guys refuse to go. Some I, I just... It doesn't fucking matter because AJ's going to fucking win. AJ's leaving AJ's the United States. Win whoever, whoever doesn't fucking matter who wins the Battle Royal. Right. AJ's fucking winning. Next. Yeah, I thought Kevin Owens might win, but now I'm thinking he doesn't go to the Saudi Arabia shows. So, yeah. interesting. Anyway... Uh, another match that it was announced uh, when we first heard about uh, Crown Jewel, Mansoor, the winner of the Greatest Royal Rumble, will be facing Cesaro in a singles match, which is a random, random matchup. But I'm sure it's quite the payday for both these superstars. Well, yeah, it's definitely a payday for Cesaro. He's probably getting paid a shit ton, a shit of, ton money of money to, yep. to lose and make Mansoor look really good. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's the only Saudi wrestler in, on under contract, right? I believe, right? Yep. Or at least the only one that's like you know got some sort of character. Right. Whatever. Who cares? Obviously, Mansoor is going to win. It's it's fine. They're, he's going to cheer. They're going to be happy. Right. Whatever. Take your money. Yeah, Take your money and go. You're right. He'll <laughs> win in his hometown, and that's it's for for the feel good moment. Feel good moment. Good on Cesaro. I'm sure, Cesaro is going to be able to put a kid through college with the pay that he's getting. With that, right. <laughs> All right. So the next match is going to be the largest tag team turmoil match in history. There will be nine teams involved. We're going to have the New Day, which will consist of Big E and Kofi Kingston. Uh, Xavier Woods is currently out with an injury, an Achilles injury, which uh, may or may not have him out for quite some time. So Kofi and Big E will be in this match together versus the current Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, versus Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker, versus Lucha House Party. Any... Uh, any combination of Lince Dorado, Grand Metalik, and or Kalisto will be involved in the match. And then you're going to have uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, The Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, and The OC, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, as well as Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, and the B-team, Curtis, Axel, and Bo Dallas. Who's going to be the best in the world? 
uh, Shane McMahon? I think the Revival. I think the I Revival think, will win. I think what's going to happen is Dash is going to get detained in, in customs or some sorts. And Shane McMahon is going to fill in with Dawson, and they're going to win, and Shane McMahon is going to continue oh to be Oh, my invested. God. I hate that fantasy booking, but I, I, I think you're right. I think <laughs> no, some stupid shit that. like that could happen, dude. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, I think the Viking Raiders are going to win. Um, what do these Saudi wrestling fans love? 80s and 90s wrestling. What screams 80s and 90s wrestling? The Viking, the Raiders. Viking Raiders. Yep. Viking Raiders, and they're the Raw Tag Team Champions, so there's actual logic to it. The Viking True. Raiders will, will most likely win. True. All right, then the next match is an attraction match. We got Braun Strowman facing Tyson Fury. Did you see the whole Performance Center clip this week of Tyson I Fury did, and Braun I did, Strowman? I saw that. Okay, and you saw Tyson Fury grab it at his ankle and everything yep. like he was hurt? Braun Strowman wins. Next. <laughs> really? You think so? Yeah, and he's no. going to say, you only beat me because my ankle, I couldn't walk it, blah, 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 blah. He's going to no. come hobbling out on one fucking ankle. He's like, oh, I'm hurt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Strowman's going to knock him out, and it's going to be over. And then Tyson Fury's going to go have his boxing match in a couple weeks. It's exact. Tyson Fury's not taking a bump. He's got him. He's he's a, he's a fucking heavyweight champion in the world. He, he not doesn't have to take a bump. A bump. I think the only way this can go is first of all you can't you can't bury Braun Strowman. He's too over right now as a baby face and you can't bury him. Cuz you can't bury him in Saudi Arabia, have him come back to Raw or SmackDown the following week and act as if nothing ever happened. Even though the WWE is very good at doing things like that, hence Brock Lesnar squashing Kofi Kingston or Seth Rollins smashing a sledgehammer on top of Bray Wyatt's face. But it's set up. It's definitely set up for Strowman to beat Fury. Though I think that's why you do the injury no, angle. The only way right? this goes is there's going to be interference in the match, and Tyson Fury and Braun oh. Strowman are going to be standing in the ring together, the two big men with their arms held high, because they just took out like the Revival and uh, Elias and some of these other stars. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He just like yeah, sneak attacked him and hurt his ankle. On a, on a highly social media shared post, and you're telling me a po- social Keep media post that close, they, that but got your enemies to me. closer. No, absolutely not, Bones. But it just sets up for Strowman to win <laughs> over an injured Fury. So Fury doesn't look weak, and Strowman doesn't look mm-hmm. weak. And your that. guy still wins. Now nah, you're you're wrong on this one, dude. You're right. so so far off. We will. Why see. would the revival get involved in this match? Are you fucking kidding Why me? Not? The revival? Why Are not? you that much of a mark for Why tag not? team wrestling that you see fucking tag teams get involved in this match where they have no fucking business being in the match? Are you okay. serious? Okay. Fine. Can't be serious. Fine. Yeah. No, I'm 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 dead serious. Tag dead team. serious. All right. Let's tag move on to the next one because I can't wait to talk about this one. Brock Lesnar who is the current WWE champion, is defending his title against Cain Velasquez. In Cain Velasquez's I, first match ever in WWE. Um, I talked to me, I made his prediction last week. I'm sticking by it. Brock Lesnar is going to win in almost near squash fashion. 
He's going to do that by having obviously having years of experience over Cain Velasquez. Mm-hmm. It's going to make sense because he has years of experience over Cain Velasquez. And then Kane's going to go to Performance Center and learn like every other new signee. Mm-hmm. And he'll be back in he'll be back in a I don't know. He'll be back as long as it takes to get him ready. You know, simple right. as that. Some people it takes a couple months. Some people it takes a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, Kane's an athlete. He's a world class athlete. He's a heavyweight champion fighter. It probably won't take him very long. I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of MMA fighters make the transition well. Shamrock did a great transition. Angle did a great transition. Ronda did a great transition. Some guys like Dan Severin didn't do a great transition. Right. Um, I think Kane's going to be, especially Uh, after what we saw triple. Dan Severin did an NWA. He just didn't really carry over to WWF because of his lack of charisma. Yeah, he had no charisma. He Mm -hmm. had no charisma. Kane's got charisma, and we saw he could work. We saw him at at, at, at the Garden. Yeah, he looked. He he was entertaining. He was mm-hmm. fun. He had some crisp moves. But and at going down to the Performance Center will help him work out though that that greenness help him work out. You know, just you know those little kings that he's just not quite getting yet. You know, getting to work right. with Shawn Michaels down there, and you're really getting that first class training. So I think that's how this is going to go down. It's going to make Brock look strong. It's going to continue. You know, it's going to help. Him getting his revenge on Kane for you know take for you know what did, what did Paul Heyman call it for him being uh what, what did Paul uh, Heyman say? say oh he had a term for it whatever the fuck Paul said you know so that's that's what's gonna go down there simple right as that yeah no I, I tend to definitely agree with you on this I mean there's no way Kane's gonna win the fucking championship in his first match in the WWE uh, Brock's gonna retain and I can definitely see it going the way that you just laid it all out as well. So the now, next- did you did you before you go on for that? Did you yeah. see that Kane and Ray are going to have a tag team match in Mexico City? Yes, at some point November event, or December. Right? Yeah, yeah, it gets like Drew McIntyre, I think, and some other random performer. Okay, performer, random wrestler, <laughs> superstar. Excuse me, superstar, superstar. I, I refuse to say superstar. I hate that fucking term. All right, so now let's talk about the Universal Championship match. We're going to have Seth freaking Rollins taking on the fiend Bray Wyatt, where the match cannot be stopped for any reason. So the match will keep going until there is a winner. I I still don't understand why the false count anywhere gimmick was added to this. It doesn't really make much sense because when have you ever really seen Seth or Bray outside of the ring, except for now when Seth's in the Firefly Funhouse burning down the fucking Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, and he also said, how about Bray pulling Seth under the ring? Right. Yeah, but it's still under That's the ring. That's enough for me. Yeah. Well, it's still, enough, way, for, it's still enough for me to do false count anywhere. Yeah, either way, He burnt it's down Bray Wyatt's house. He burnt down his house, Bones. Yeah, and then Bray Wyatt built it back up again, and it's supposed to be a new episode premiering on SmackDown this week. Magic. magic. Yeah, right. Boy. Fucking magic. It's, it's called Wrestle <laughs> Magic. So, um, who, is no, Seth two, retaining or is Bray winning the title? There are two. Well, first of all, Seth's definitely retaining. There mm-hmm. are two scenarios on how this match ends. Okay. The the classic: both guys pin each other mm-hmm. to, true. to make a notice to make a draw, or Taker shows up and drags Bray Wyatt off. And that's how the show ends, and it starts to take her Bray Wyatt feud. True. 
or Rambling Rabbit can interfere and take out <laughs> Seth Rollins because of what Seth Rollins did. And then you Bray Wyatt can win. House. And then Bray Wyatt can win the Universal Championship. That's just I would, what, that I was would, an idea that I had. I would love for Bray Wyatt to win, but I feel like if Bray Wyatt, like, I feel like that character is going to offend some Saudi Arabian people <laughs> for being too dark. <laughs> are they allowed to, like, are they allowed to, like, be schizophrenic over there? <laughs> Why not? Or whatever Bray Wyatt is. Bro. Socio- sociopathic. I'm sorry. Sociopathic. That wasn't, I knew that was the wrong word, right? Nice word right. Right, right when I said it. All right, so let's go on to the final match on the card. We're going to have what everyone's been waiting for, bro. Team Hogan taking on Team Flair. Team Hogan right now is consisting of the new team captain, Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, Shorty G, and Ali are taking on Team Flair, which is taking, which is going to give you guys Randy Orton, King Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre, all on Team Flair. I was telling this to Doc earlier. I love that team for some reason, and that could be Ric Flair's new faction right there. And I was telling Bones that he's a little faction happy because I am the only person that makes sense to have Flair is Drew McIntyre. You're right. Uh, it also yeah. wouldn't work because if we have distinct rosters... King Corbin and Shinsuke are over on SmackDown while Orton... Oh, actually, McIntyre's on SmackDown also. Yes, he is. But yet, he wrestled on Raw this week. No, no, McIntyre's on Raw. No, didn't he get... Oh, you know, you're right. He did not get drafted to the SmackDown. He got drafted to Raw. Yeah. Okay. McIntyre's so, yeah. Raw. So, then everyone else is on Raw, but you still have Shinsuke and um, King Corbin over on SmackDown. Now... Regardless, I'm pretty sure because of the event that it's being t- it's taking place in, Team Hogan's gonna win. You gotta have the baby faces win this one. Yeah, you have the baby faces win this one. Uh, Ric Flair, can we talk Yo, about his fucking a bit? promo on Monday was amazing. <laughs> can we talk about Nature a little bit? He's just so good, man. You know what? It's been so long since I've seen Nate truly get in character. That I just forgot how ridiculous Nate is when he just starts riffing and talking about how great he is and talking about women and styling and profiling and hyping up Drew McIntyre. I was like, fuck, man, Nate is crazy. He's always been crazy. And now he's like kind of old and crazy. So he's like a crazy old grandpa now. So now it's just crazy with no filter. And he's just, he's unbelievable. I, I hope. There was wrestlers paying attention to the charisma. Looking at you, Seth, mm-hmm. at the charisma going on from Ric Flair there. Right. That was a lot of fun. The problem with Flair going heel is that he's so it's, he's at a point now where he's always going to get cheered no matter what. No matter what, just he's, all he's there the is goat. to. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's fucking Nate. He's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. That being said, he's the goat. His team ain't winning. That's yeah. Hogan land. It's, it's they probably still think going to be Hogan. They're probably waiting for Hulk Hogan to leave one of their events as world champion. They're probably still pissed off Jesus. that Hogan hasn't left a pay-per-view as champion yet. 
Oh my God! You think so? That's one thing that that's one thing of that that the eighties and nineties wrestling star fans of Saudi Arabia have not gotten to see. They have not gotten to see Hulk Hogan leave a pay per view as champion because Lord knows that was the iconic ending of every single pay per view so of the eighties and early nineties in You're WWE, right. except for that time they let they let Ultimate Warrior win. Because <laughs> even that time, because even that time they let Rand, they let Randy Savage win. Hogan's in there in the ring with us, like, <laughs> look, I'm here too. I'm the Hulkster. If that was Randy Savage, I would have bashed that, that title bash straight over that. You're right, straight over that dude's head. Get out of my ring, bitch. Yep. Get brother, get out of my awesome. fucking ring. Hey man. So anyway, so that's the card for Crown Jewel, which will be taking place on. Thursday at uh, 1 p.m. Hey, hold on, hold on. Whoa. No, no, no. You don't get out of it that quick. It's a Survivor Series match, baby, style match. Who's the Survivor? Is it? It's Elimination style? It's Elimination match, man. Oh. Doesn't that's say CBS that. CBS Sports on... says. Oh. Because I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. Oh, that's your problem. Not, I'm looking at CBS Sports. Well, if it's an Elimination style match, it's going to be Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. Will be the You don't think it's going to be Ali? You know, think it's gonna be Ali? No, I think it'll be Roman Reigns and Randy Arab, Orton. Whole Arab thing, Ali and Roman Reigns, maybe. Uh, I don't Ali know. and Roman Reigns is the survivors, and yeah, they could be Randy Orton. Yeah, uh, I think we'll see. Either Orton or McIntyre will be the last two on Team Flair. Uh, the sole survivor, I think. I think it has to be Roman Reigns. I think Roman and Ali are both gonna be the sole survivors. I think Shorty G is the first one eliminated. Okay. That's, that's, those are my predictions. Those are your predictions? Well, your predictions suck. How Fuck off. That? Predictions are great. You, would, <laughs> you even told me how much you like some of my predictions tonight. Some of them. Some of them, not all of I them. think you want to take my predictions on a date. <laughs> how does one even go about doing that? Just don't, just don't take them on a cheap date, dude. Oh, man. All right. At least fam. take him. At least take him. At least take him to a WWE house show. Oh my God! All right. Well, on that note, that's all the time we have for today, fam. So, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to episode forty-eight of the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. If you like the show and thank enjoyed you. the content that we have brought to you for your kayfabe consumption please show your support first by following us on all social media that's facebook instagram and twitter at fourth wall cast that's the number four t-h-w-a-l-l-c-a-s-t also join the wrestle addict radio patreon at patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio where for as low as five dollars a month you can receive Wow, receive, receive exclusive access to our uh, exclusive Patreon chat. Also, exclusive content from all of the race, Wrestle, wow, Wrestle Addict Radio personalities, as well as future merchandise discounts and so much more. So go to patreon.com slash Wrestle Addict Radio, show your support, join the fam, and don't say a thing as JC Bones and don't say gets anything. to walk into a room with you. Just and stare, stare at you. And stare. Just don't say a thing. Because you forget what you were going to say next. Say You'll be infatuated by his beard and his lack of hair on his head. It shines. Even it when the lights shine. turn off. It does shine. You got great tattoos. They're colorful. Thank you. 
You're, you're, you're flattering. One day, one day, me, you, and like the tattoo groups and Jeff and Kate, we have to do like a whole like uh, tattoo picture. We'll like Instagram a tattoo. And yes. We'll all meld it together. I like that. It'll be like it'll be like a tattoo orgy. Oh, I like that. I, I like orgies. I like tattoo orgy. That's a great band name, by the way. That is a pretty good band name. I was just thinking that. Hey, wait, we should fuck a band name. You should probably finish these plugs. We probably should. <laughs> Once again, fam, my name is JC Bones. You can follow me on Twitter at JC Bones. This guy over here is Doc Haas. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Haas 4WC. And if you feel like it, you could always follow our third man, Johnny Smarks, on Twitter at Johnny Smarks a lot. Fam, if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience, please be sure to tell all your friends to like share subscribe and join our patreon and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics the marks the casual and the hardcore once again we are the fourth wall wrestlecast and what are we here to do doc oh we're here to keep that wrestling real we are here to keep wrestling real goodbye and good night. Goodbye. Close. Bro. Bye. Close. Dude, get away from me.